0: Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm Thomas Majors, and I'm joined with David Haynes. It's been a while since we've been in my office, the studio, if you want to call it that. It's been since the beginning of August, and we are recording today on this idea, three Old Testament events that we would like to go to. So it can be anything from the 39 books of the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, any of those. And so we're gonna begin with David. David, what are what is one of the three events that you would like to go to?
1: Okay, one of the three events that I have written down, of course, of course, this may even be one of your events, but it's David and Goliath. I would love to witness that 1 Samuel 17 encounter. Uh, you know David is a young man. Some commentaries even put him at at 14 years old, 15 years old. He's a young man, and Goliath, according to the king of Israel, had been a warrior since his youth. And whenever David goes, he goes to just check up on his brothers, take some treats, you know, take some beef jerky to the. I don't know if it's beef jerky, but beef take some and things, cheese. Some, yeah, that's it. So bacon. He's taking bacon. <laughs> he was right? taking bacon. That's it, man. He's gonna take some bacon to his brothers and then to the leaders of. Israel. Israel's army and just check up on the warfare. And then as he arrives, you've got this giant who is cursing God and defying the armies of Israel and, you know, that whole story. And David was shocked. He's like, hey, what's up with this? Why are we not uh, standing up against this guy? And then, of course, you know the story. No one wanted to. Everyone was scared. But then David said that he would. He tries on the king's armor, but it's too big. It's too bulky. He sheds all of that. And then he what he picks up, what is it? Five smooth stones. Now, Thomas, why five smooth stones? You ever thought about that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, well, I don't remember what commentator it was. that yeah. said that uh, that Goliath had four brothers. Yeah, so that's all I know of. Them. Yeah, <laughs> so one for David, and then of course, yeah. in case the brothers come out after him the as just
1: well, just in case he's going to pop them all. And so I love, <laughs> I love the picture, and just kind of close my eyes and think about the stream. And and as he's pre- he's preparing for warfare, he is preparing for battle. I'm sure people are saying, I can't believe this lunatic is going to do this. This kid, whose kid brother is this, and why are they going to let him go out to do this? Yet he's picking up these stones. For Goliath, possibly for his brothers, and then as the battle approaches, so as I as I read it there in First Samuel seventeen, I in 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 the in in the background of my mind, I have the voice of truth casting crowns playing. That's what that's what I'm thinking of, and surely that's what David was thinking of as well. And so as he goes into battle, you know, I, I try to think about you know making a shot, like if you're hunting or something, with the precision crosshairs, iron sights, whatever it is, dude. David could have gone into this battle blindfolded. That rock only had one place it was going to strike, and it was squaring Goliath's head. He didn't even have to aim, in my opinion. It was the hand of the Lord that directed the stone. And boom, you know how the story goes. He falls, out comes Goliath's sword off with his head. One thing I think of David is sometimes we don't give him the credit that he's due for being a bad Man, that dude's a bad man. He's a sweet singer of Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a psalmist of Israel. He's a stone-cold killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the time? So after that, he he earns the hand of one of uh, one of uh, uh, Saul's daughters. Take your pick, basically. He ends up with Michael, but he says, I'm just a poor shepherd boy. How in the world could I ever marry the king's daughter? And they say, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go in? Trying to get David killed. Why don't you go in and kill 100 Philistines and take their foreskins? I talked to the football team the other day about that. That was a lot of fun. And he says, 100? Oh, I'll do that. And he comes back with 200. Yeah. He went out and killed 200 guys and field dressed them and brought back their foreskins. He is a bad man. And, and I think the beginning of David's expertise in warfare, you're not counting the the, the the predators he defended uh, the sheep from, but it was right there. David and Goliath. So I would have loved to have seen it. I would have loved to have seen the high fives, the chest bumps, all the stuff that happened after Goliath went down. That had to be amazing. So that's that's one of my three.
0: All right. So when you're thinking about David and Goliath, you Mm -hmm. said that you had a song playing in your head. Yeah. So, what song
1: was it? That was the voice of truth, Casting Crowns. I'll let you sing it at this time if you want to. No, that's okay. Because
0: when when I think of that, I think yeah. of Rocky. Dun oh, dun <laughs> dun dun. I mean, you, you almost yeah, well, say I'm not secular. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. No, seriously.
0: When he goes through, have you ever thought about his logic in what he says?
1: Of what he says?
0: Yes. All right. Tell me. You more. remember what he says? He says, "I was in the field and." There was a what does he say a bear yeah. uh, and a lion and yeah. he says and God delivered those into my hands and I know He will deliver this Philistine into my hands. He's playing against this idea of the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. The o- Old Testament word is kesed, Chesed, C H E S E D, Chesed, the faithful yeah. love, this faithfulness of God. It's one of the major themes that runs throughout the Old Testament mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he's playing on that idea. God was faithful to me when the bear came. God was faithful to me when the lion came. Yeah. And God is going to be faithful to me when I stand before Goliath. And uh, it's just amazing to me to think about, yeah. you know, the faithfulness. And they they really played off that idea in the Old Testament with the faithfulness of God.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: agree. Oh, my second follow-up would be... Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times do you think does does he swing it one time
1: and cut the head off? Oh, with a sword,
0: yeah. Oh. Or does he chop at it?
1: Oh, I don't know. All right, so Goliath's a big guy. He's a big guy. What's the biggest guy you've ever stood beside? It's the biggest guy I've ever stood beside. Okay, I've stood beside a guy who was the tallest player at Mississippi State back in his day in the seventies. He was seven foot four, seven foot. Oh six. wow, he's tall. He's a really he was a really big guy. And how tall and was, what, Goli- Goliath was Over 9? Over 9, I think oh, oh. close to close to ten feet. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, over and over nine I So, that would have been a couple feet more. So, you would have to think, and most people believe Goliath was a large, large man. You know, if you look at, I, when in my mind, I think of Andre the giant. He was not just tall, but he was big. What did Andre weigh? Five, over 500 pounds, yeah, 600 something pounds. Like that. Huge. So, you would think Goliath would have been large and that you would think he would have had a a large neck area. Yeah. But now, how sharp was that sword, man? How big?
0: I mean, it was big sword, too. Yeah, it was a big so, sword. I mean, he had just it got heavy, it up. Yeah.
1: The gravity of yeah. it would. Yeah, the guillotine chop there. So would I do Probably
0: know. take care of it.
1: I never thought about that, but it, it would have been gruesome. It would have been gruesome, but I would have loved to it. Yeah, because then he hang,
0: holds it up. It.
1: He holds it up. and he, I mean, he carries it back as a trophy, man. Yeah. Absolutely. He hides the, what uh, in the house of the Lord is where the sword winds up years later. He takes that, you know, when he's on a run from Saul, but oh man, it would have been amazing to have seen. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's one of mine. No, what's one of yours? Okay. One of mine is, all of mine are from the book of Genesis. Ah, congratulations. So I'm starting at the beginning, and yeah. and I would just work systematically through. And so yeah. I was just thinking about the book of Genesis, and I thought Adam and Eve. Okay. Not necessarily the creation of Adam and Eve, okay, but the fall of uh-huh. Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think I would want to be there immediately when it happened. I would want to be there at least 10 or 15 minutes before Okay, so, and the reason being is because I want something Mm -hmm. to compare it with. I want to see how they interacted with one another. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see how they interact with the world in which they lived at the time in that perfect world. I'd want to see how they interacted with the animals because they had dominion. I would want to be there when the serpent came and began to tempt Eve. Mm -hmm. I would want to be there when Eve, of course, goes and uh, brings the fruit, whatever kind of fruit it was, to Adam. So I would want to be there a little bit before, and I would want to see all of the details that go along with the fall. Some of my questions would be, you know, what kind of fruit was it? What kind of fruit do you think it was?
1: You know, everybody thinks an apple. I don't, so I don't <laughs> think it was an apple. What do you think? You think it was something better than an apple? What are you thinking? I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, it, some it, people have said it may be a pomegranate.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. That may be it. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I have no idea. But yeah. It it was just that one fruit. You could eat any of the fruit that you wanted to. You could eat anything. You yeah. could eat all of these mangoes. Man, yeah. I love mangoes. You <laughs> can eat all of these mangoes and you can eat all of these oranges and tangerines or, pears. or whatever pears, whatever. Yeah. whatever it may be. But no. They they wanted the one that was forbidden, yeah. the one that it's God. It's like it in our life.
1: We could do this or that. We want what's not permitted.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And so I would want to be there. I'd want to see. I would want to see the reaction on her face
1: mm-hmm.
0: when her eyes were open and she realized what she did. Mm-hmm. What was her reasoning then to go and take that to her husband so she wouldn't be alone?
1: Oh. Hmm. Well, so so saying, sin loves misery. Isn't exactly. All? Yeah. Mm. All right. So what? Yeah. How long do you think it was between Eve so, and Adam eating?
0: I think it was soon.
1: We don't know uh-huh. now.
0: It, there could have been more time. The, the timing of it is never really yeah. uh, given to us in the scripture. So, but, but I think it was probably a lot sooner than could have been immediate. You know, she ate of it and then went immediately. And gave that to Adam. Uh, but then I, I would want to move forward. So when, I, so when I say the fall of man, I'd want to be there for that event. I want to be there for the eating of the fruit, but I also want to be there afterwards when God somehow, way comes and he is in the Garden of the Eden with them. I, I want to see the inter- interactions between God and Adam and Eve. So I want to see how they acted before when there was no shame and fear, to see how they interacted with God after that as well, when there is shame and fear. And so I just think, you know, to see the Garden of Eden, to see Adam and Eve, to see all of those things would be very interesting uh, to me. Now, again, this is one of the issues that we have is the issue of time. You've already alluded to it. How much time is between Eve eating the fruit and then Adam eating the fruit? But also how much time is there between Jesus, I mean, not not Jesus, uh, how much time is there between Adam eat, eating the fruit and then with God coming to the garden? Yeah. Because it doesn't say that evening. Mm-hmm. It says in the cool of the evening, mm-hmm. so it could have been another evening. I, I probably think it was the very same day mm-hmm. uh, if they, of course, measured days as we measure yes, we days. Did. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But some some scholars don't think they measured days as we do yeah. measure days today. So uh, I would just want to be there for all of that event to see that because that is foundational to who we are as people today. Mm-hmm. We have always known a world with fear, shame, guilt, sin, the destruction of the flesh, yeah. with death, and to see the contrast of what we lost before to the, what we have at the present time, I think would be interesting. Any
1: questions? Any follow-up? I agree, man. You did a good job on explaining that. Uh, that would be very interesting to see.
0: All right. Well, what's your second one then? Okay.
1: So my second one I've written down, we find in Second Kings chapter 6. I love to think about what is going on in that passage. You have Elisha. You know, Elisha followed Elijah. Elisha was a great prophet of the Lord, and the Lord blessed in his life. And many miraculous things came through the ministry of Elisha. But in 2 Kings chapter 6, you see Elisha, and you see that he has a servant that is there with him. Israel is engaged in a time of warfare. Israel is approaching a battle with Syria. And really, it doesn't look like Israel is gonna have the upper hand. Elisha's servant basically says, man, there ain't no way we're gonna be able to beat them. And Elisha says, well, I don't think you're seeing everything. And then at that point, Elisha prays, Lord, open the eyes of my servant and just let him be able to see just for a moment a glimpse of all the, you might even say spiritual warfare, a a glimpse of what is going to happen, show my servant And then the servant's eyes are open just for a period of time. It appears the servant's eyes are open and he says, wow, we got this thing. We see that the Lord is going to do a great, great work. So now I would love to be there because just for a split moment the curtains, the spiritual curtains, which have that world veiled, well, they were opened. And you are able to look and see, and I think it would be absolutely amazing just for a split second to see what's going on spiritually behind the scenes or in front of the, however you want to say it in front of the scenes, whatever's going on in that dimension. I would love to see the spiritual nature of what all God is doing. And that is a time where God allowed a regular Servant to be able to see the 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 extra special nature of spiritual warfare, and I would love to see that. Now, here here's my here's my thought: Could Elisha see that? Period. Could could, could he see it, or did he just have faith, knowing that God well, is going to be working question. all this out? And see, I don't know. It, the way I read it, I almost think Elisha has that. Perception that spiritual that vision he can see it, Lord'll let my servant see it, but then again, it may just been he was so living in tune with God that he had faith that even though he couldn't see it uh that he knew this was going to go in the Lord's way, so he wanted the servant, maybe lesser faith, he wanted the servant to be able to see what God was going to do before God ever did it, all right, so what are your thoughts on that passage? Do you think about that passage much
0: well i I hadn't thought about it much, I mean of course, I've read it before, yeah. But I've never thought much about it. One of the questions that I had as you were talking were, uh-huh. was, I wonder what kind of angels it were. It was, I wonder, you know, seraphim or cherubim. Yeah, um, were were they in a a manly type form, uh-huh. or were they in another form? Uh, I never thought about the question that you had asked either. Uh-huh. Did did he see that? Uh-huh. Or did he just have faith to see that? and of course, God could have communicated that to him before. Hey, don't worry, I got this. I'm gonna send thousands of angels, you yeah. know, to be there. But we do know that a donkey mm-hmm. could see an angel
1: that's right, old Balaam's donkey, You're that's right. right,
0: so don't have answers to any of yeah. those, yeah, but they interesting question. Yeah.
1: And listen, what are you, now I'm assuming uh, that, that angels look just like you and me. Ha, ha, ha. You know, we are angelic in our, in our, in our, in our appearance, or at least, at least our wives think we are. So, are you can cut that out later? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me, let me give a on the. What do I'm angels? I'm not cutting that out. What, <laughs> thank you. All right. So what do angels look like? Whenever I picture angels, I think of the, I think of, of a European nature looking person, long flowing blonde hair with curls and, 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 Pale skin, but you know, I figure they're probably going to look Jewish if they're going to look anything with dark hair. And then most people think that angels are asexual, so what do they have a a more masculine appearance? I've always pictured angels having a more masculine appearance, but what are your thoughts on the appearance of angels?
0: Okay, so do we know what a cherubim looks like? A cherub, uh-huh, a, a cherub. cherub. Uh-huh. Do we know what a cherub? Cherub is one yeah. cherubim is plural. Uh-huh. Do we know what a cherub looks like? Okay. I'm I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't think we have a description of a cherub, but we do have description of seraphim uh-huh. in Isaiah chapter 6. Uh-huh. And a seraph has six wings. Uh-huh. Remember I do. two on their back Two, to cover their feet, and mm. two, to cover their face. Yeah. So in that regard, I don't believe that the seraphim are going to look like uh, us. Like humans. Yeah. And yeah. then are the seraph- the seraphim, uh-huh. are they the ones who attend to God around mm. his throne? Mm-hmm. And are the cherubim then the ones who are the messengers of God like mm-hmm. Gabriel and Michael,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so Michael is mm-hmm. the archangel, mm-hmm. and there's not numerous archangels. There's only right. one, right? And yeah. that's Michael. Yeah. And so, all right. Those now. those are some interesting questions. I, I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, then also as as Lot, but but boy. I was going to say. Angels can take on the form.
0: Angels can take on the form because even in the New Testament, even though they have this, many times they're they're described to us with this bright, shining light, it does say they have the appearance of a man.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So, Thomas, what is your second Old Testament event?
0: All right. My second Old Testament event is still in the book of Genesis, Uh and I'm going to Abraham and Isaac. Uh Uh-huh when Abraham is going to sacrifice Isaac. So God tested Abraham's faith. He told him to take, if you remember, he tells him to take your one and only son, take him and offer him as a burnt sacrifice. And so he takes, here's the question. Yes. <laughs> here's the question. Uh, we, we know that he takes Isaac, but the, uh, People of the Islam faith would say that he takes Ishmael Ishmael, uh, because it does say his one and only son. But I still believe it's Isaac. I believe it's Isaac because Paul would tell us later on that he is the son of promise. He's the son of the spirit where Ishmael is the son of the flesh, and he is the son of works. Mm -hmm. And so his one and only son, the true heir, you could say, Isaac. And he takes Isaac and he's going to sacrifice him. Isaac's not some young kid. No. Isaac isn't some kid that he can manipulate, that he can withhold information, that he can make it seem a certain way to trick him into This many scholars are going to say that Isaac could be teenage years, around 15 years old, maybe. And so he has seen hundreds or maybe even thousands of sacrifices in his lifetime. As he's going, he looks around like, where (laughs) where is it at? And of course, Abraham says that uh, God's going to provide. I wonder what was going through Isaac's (laughs) Isaac's head. That is substantial mm-hmm. to the Jewish faith. It's substantial to understanding who Abraham is and his faith. He believed in God so much he uh, that the writer of Hebrews says that he even believed that if he did sacrifice him, that he would raise him from the dead. But Isaac, Isaac had to have faith as well. Yeah. Two things I would say about Isaac in that situation. One, he understood the authority of his dad, mm-hmm. and he didn't question it. If my dad mm-hmm. and I are going, uh, let's just say, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that we're going, and we're going to make a sacrifice, and I look yeah. around I'm like, "Hey, where's the where's the sacrifice?" Yeah, uh, it, God's mm-hmm. going to give it to us, okay. <laughs> and and I get there, I may not ever get there, okay. Yeah. I, man. yeah sneak off, I may run off. <laughs> that's right. Something. That's right. But Isaac, he listened to the authority of his dad. Yeah. Fell under that authority, but also his faith as well. Yeah. That God is going to do something. That that God is faithful. Yeah. Uh the Kessed, the faithful love of God is going to come through. And of course it does. Yeah. And so I would have liked to been there to see that walk to the mountain, to see that that time of the Oh the, man! The knife being tied up, <clears throat> yeah, and the knife being raised up, and then of course God stopping him, the ram appearing in the, yeah. in the uh, in the thicket, and then to be there when they go back. And they walk in and they say, Sarah, you're never going to believe what has happened today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, God told yeah. me to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. And yeah. and I was going to. I yeah. was going to the mountain to do it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. and then Isaac, you know, jumps in. It's like, yeah, I, he tied me up. He had the knife <laughs> up. I could see it glistening. <clears throat> yeah. And God stopped him. Yeah. And so so I'd like to be there for that yeah. entire event.
1: Do you think where Isaac was to be offered is the same mountain range and possibly the same mountain as where Christ later was crucified. Have you ever done much study on that? I've I've not done
0: much study on it. Mm-hmm. I I've read over that and know that there are some of those theories and I think it could be mm-hmm. a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's that's all I really could say about yeah. it because it's been a while since I've read on that. All right, David, so what's your third Old Testament event?
1: All right, we found it in Daniel chapter 3. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Uh, you know, uh, the tall... Abednego, uh, Meshach, Shadrach. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <Easy laughs> alphabetical order, <laughs> man. You got to put it in <laughs> alphabetical order. I don't have OCD. That's okay. <laughs> so, you know, you got Nebuchadnezzar with the huge idol. Bow, worship when the music plays. Everyone did, except these three guys. Boys, there must be some mistake. No, sir, there is not a mistake. Our God is going to deliver us. But if not, it's going to be Okay. A furnace was heated hotter than it had ever been. Those who threw the boys into the fire, they even lost their lives. And then, and then Nebuchadnezzar, in some type of, of, of madman rage, went up to watch these guys burn. And as he looks over in there, hey, didn't we just throw three in? But it looks like there's four, and the fourth is as the son of God. Man, those were the original firewalkers. I would have loved to have been there, witnessed that, and then seen them afterwards. How cool it would was! That the fourth. Oh, the fourth was. I think the fourth that is a. That that is a Christophany is what I think it was Jesus hanging out with them in the Old Testament. That's my opinion. What's your opinion? So,
0: what's a Christophany?
1: A Christophany is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus before he was born, is what I think a Christophany is, and that's what I think that was in Daniel 3. What, what's your thoughts?
0: I think it was a Christophany as well. Okay. I believe that was the uh, pre incarnate Jesus Christ walking in the fire with them. Yeah. Is okay. there another example? Do you think there is another place in the Old Testament where there's a Christophany?
1: Uh, very well could be even with uh, Abraham and Sarah about the about the birth of a child. Uh, whenever Sarah laughs, she's in the tent. Uh, is that a Christophany? Some will ask if Melchizedek is. I don't think Melchizedek is a Christophany, but some believe Melchizedek is. I don't is.
0: think Melchizedek is a Christophany. I think it was a type because uh, yeah. obviously that's what the writer of Hebrews does when he is giving his sermon or writing uh, that book. What's some other Christophanies? The two other ones that I would definitely put, some have said when the angels meet with Abraham and that Mm. that sort of thing, that that could be. I'd put Jacob when the angel touches him on the hip. And then I, I would also put the commander of the Lord's army, when he is meeting with Joshua before the battle of Jericho. Whose side
1: are you on? Sorry, bud, you asking the wrong question. That's right. (laughs) So I I think those
0: are two other examples of Christophanies. Uh, I won't really know that until I get to heaven, but Yeah, that's right.
1: All right, Thomas, what is your third Old Testament event?
0: My third Old Testament event, guess what book I'm in? Oh, I bet
1: it's Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the book of Genesis. All
0: right, so uh, I'm going to the end of Genesis. Okay. Anytime that I begin to read through the book of Genesis and then I get to the very, close to the very end with Joseph and his brothers, it goes from this, this reading. Now I would describe it as, describe it as biblical reading where Mm -hmm. I'm reading the text and I'm trying to understand, but then it, when it comes to this narrative, it's, I'm reading it as though I'm watching something unfold don't on man. television. Yeah. It is. It is so powerful. And, and almost every time. I don't want to sound like a big baby, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but almost every time I read this passage uh, and I read all of the chapters when it's, when it's together, man, it just uh, I just begin to weep because uh, of the forgiveness and the hope that is yeah. portrayed in the story. Of course, you know the story. Joseph is sold into slavery through a series of unfortunate (laughs) events. He becomes the second person in charge of Egypt. His brothers come, and they are needing money. Well, they're needing food because of a famine. And so he recognizes them even Mm -hmm. though they do not recognize him. Some people have said, well, why is that so? Well, of course, a long distance, if you're a long-distance person, from where you normally would see someone, that's kind of odd. Yeah. it's kind of like when you're—I don't know, maybe, maybe if you were at uh, Grand Canyon National Park and you looked around, is that Doctor Bain right. that standing there? Is, <laughs> is that really? <laughs> is that really Doctor Bain? You know, so when you see someone outside of the normal context, your yeah. mind automatically says, "Is that?" You know, and then you go through this confirming process. Yes, yeah. it is. But also, he is in Egypt. He's the second person in command. So more than likely, he is dressed very nicely, Mm -hmm. maybe even has some type of makeup or head covering on as well. So they don't recognize him. Mm -hmm. They don't recognize him, but he begins to go through all these tests. Tell me about your family. Mm -hmm. Is there a younger brother? (laughs) What about this guy? Where's he at? You need to bring him. And all along the way, he's trying to find out what's happened to Benjamin. Yeah. He's wanting to find out what happens to Benjamin. They bring Benjamin. And, of course, they, uh, he wants to know about the dad then, bring the dad. And so, so after this period, this process, he uh, tests them one last time. He wants Benjamin. Mm-hmm. He wants Benjamin to stay with him, you know, because he, puts, uh, he mm-hmm. puts something in the satchel. He says, listen, y'all go ahead and go. Uh, He can stay here as my servant, my bond servant. But y'all go, Judah comes in and says, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Uh, His brother is already dead. It about killed our dad. Uh If something happens to Benjamin, our dad, if he sees us walking up and Benjamin's not with us, he's going to roll over and die. (laughs) I mean, he's going (laughs) to die. He's going to, he's not going to live. I started to say he's going to croak right there, you know. Uh Joseph hears all of this and immediately begins to weep Mm -hmm. and cry, sob. When I say weep, sometimes, you know, when you're weeping, there's just tears pouring Mm -hmm. out. They can be happy tears. Mm -hmm. They can be, there's just, he was ugly crying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was ugly (laughs) crying. Pharaoh's house even heard it. Oh, man. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Pharaoh's house heard it. And so, and then he reveals himself. Yeah. Man, it's just this bundle of nerves and emotion, this narrative being played out. I would love to be in that room when that happened, especially when he revealed himself and you know, there's of course there's Judah right there. But some of the other ones who are at the back, when he said, It's me, it's your brother, I'm Joseph. And they Uh-oh. just they look at each other like, uh oh. This dude's second in charge. Yeah. It is Joseph. Yeah. We're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he yeah. forgives them. Yeah. And he says, uh, of course he says his his famous line there. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Yeah, that's right. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty powerful. I'd love to be there for yeah, that.
1: Yeah, man. Isn't it amazing what people mean for evil? God can take and use it for His glory. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Well, Thomas, it has been a pleasure discussing three Old Testament events with you. Tune in next time to the Ministry March podcast.